So it is with great pleasure that I present you with the first of many revamps the Catholicism Wow campaign will unveil over the next year. I give you the Buddy Christ. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically we talk about a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 56. The movie that we watched this week was Dogma from Kevin Smith. And joining me from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and Staring at Goats, I have Steven. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) And also from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, we have Ashley, or Smashy. Hi. Hi. So, neither of you had seen this movie before. No. That's a true statement. It's and, the only Kevin Smith movie outside of the Yoga Hosers and Tusk that I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah, we were talking a little bit pre-show about some of his other movies. So, you had seen other Kevin Smith movies. How about you? I've 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 seen Mallrats and that one where they try to get a girlfriend. Ch- chasing Amy. Yeah. Yes, that okay. one. <laughs> I want you to write the back of the box summary for every movie ever. Yes, please. Please do that. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so the question I have to ask, because I have to ask it every week, how is it that you didn't see Dogma? Steven, I'll let you take that. And then I'll um, okay. So this is, this is going to tell you a lot about my viewing and me as a person. Uh, I grew up, uh, went to high school, middle school, and a Christian school. Um, and was just mainly worried, in a sense, I should have stronger faith than this, but worried in a sense that my sensibilities would be hurt by by dogma uh, based on what I had heard and what I'd seen. Perfectly reasonable reason to not see a thing, I think, putting yourself out there and going, I don't know if I'm ready for, for that. Just had never watched it. I feel much stronger in this space these days. I'm like, fine, I'll watch dogma. And, you know... Not to, not to put the cart before the horse, but happy to report my sensibilities are intact. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, but there that was that was probably the main reason I never watched it. And you know that's fair, especially if you grow up in that um, in that environment doing Christian school and 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 whatnot. So similar story for you. Yeah, we uh, we went to the the same school. Oh, so, okay. right. Yeah, and I I don't think I really got. I still don't know that I get Kevin Smith. <laughs> So, He's, humor and I are, are are strange friends. Well, humor is so subjective, right? And Kevin Smith's yes. humor, especially, like he he isn't slapstick humor. It's not a lot of physical comedy. It's all uh, linguistical gymnastics. Yeah, because it's all dialogue driven. Um, if you've ever seen or heard an interview with Kevin Smith, you know that he will talk at length about anything, <laughs> and which you know. I I had seen I think before I ever saw an interview with him I think I had seen Mallrats and Clerks, so I only knew him as Silent Bob, and yes. then I watched an interview with him and it's like the dude won't shut up. And Jay, on the other hand, Jay Muse is like a mute if he's not acting. <laughs> he doesn't really. Talk. Yeah, it's crazy uh, to see the two of them sit down for an interview because Jay is just he's really. I think he's gotten better as he's gotten older, but a lot of a lot of the early interviews that I saw with him he's just like yeah you know these like two word answers and he barely talks 
Yeah, um, he's super low key. Yeah, he really is. It's but but what's funny is that the character of Jay is based off of him when he was younger. So he was he was kind of like that from from what I understand, just characterized. Um. Yeah. Answer a question so to him. Thirty was minutes. Horny? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> in fact, I think uh, I think most of the him in Clerks is just. Kevin Smith just wrote like what Jay did on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, so you've both seen Clerks, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I saw Clerks after, I think I saw Mallrats, saw Chasing Amy, and then I went back to Clerks. Yeah. So that, that was a really roundabout way to get there. It was good. I love the, the, the universe that he created and how he connected all of these movies when he, cause he really connected them all when he made, um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which was the first of his movies I saw in a theater. Um, and he kind of brought all the characters back in. But I liked, too, that there was a comic book between Chasing Amy and Dogma that got produced to give a reason for why Jay and Silent Bob are in Illinois and how they got there from New Jersey. So, you know, comic stuff with Kevin Smith, obviously, super intertwined. I mean, he's got a, a, a shop in New Jersey called The Secret Stash. I think he's still open isn't it yeah yeah it is it's it was the the location of comic book men on amc mm-hmm. and did you catch I have no i guess what you guys are talking about i don't think i ever saw jay and Sil- i don't i didn't i didn't i don't really get the jay and silent bob thing so i never unless steven put it in my hands and said hey watch this which is the only reason i've watched any of it yeah so jay and silent it's- bob strike back is kind of like a meta comedy about movie making um, basically they play those characters. Those characters were part of a comic book from chasing Amy <laughs> oh, and that comic book is being made into a movie and they're not getting any money for it. So they're trying to go across the country to stop the movie from getting made or to get paid one of the two, um, or get laid. They're, they're, they're like trying that all the time. Anyway. Like those two remind me of of Medea or Ernest P. Worrell. They're just they cross paths with they they're just their own little movie thing. Oh. They just pop up. They're like Kevin Smith's brainchild, and he's going to put them in anything he can shove them in that's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> they had a cameo in I think it was Scream Three as Jay and Silent Bob. Yes, did um, they really? Yeah, they were they, they were in the background of one of the scenes. Um, like I think waiting to get in or something. I don't remember. Because that came How out. How do I not know that? Because Scream Three was around the time of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, um, and yeah, and Kevin yeah. Smith likes to work with the same actors a lot too. So you see like Affleck show up all the time. I think he's in, he's in Mallrats, he's in Chasing yes. Amy, he's in Dogma, he ha- he's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and yep. Jersey Girl, Jersey Girl, the. <laughs> That one I have a great. question about that too, sure. and I don't know when we'll get to it. In any time, there there is no structure, so this works really well for you. <laughs> I'm <very laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> or Lance Morrison, whatever. So, it it sounds like in the movie Dogma, they made a mention to mall rats, right? Oh was yeah. Talking about, but then Bartleby was in. Mall rats, and it broke my brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you find that happens a lot. In fact, in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee are in it as two of the characters that they've played in other movies. 
So like Jason Lee was in Mallrats as Brody, and then he was in Chasing Amy. I can't remember his character's name in Chasing Amy off the top of my head. It was um, Holden. No, Holden was Holden. Holden, yeah. No, Holden was uh, well. Jason Lee was um, oh snap, Banky. Yeah. So Jason <laughs> Lee plays both Brody and Banky in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and like Affleck yep. shows up as Holden McNeil. So yeah, it, and he shows up again at the end when they do that. They're running through the studios and they run across Matt Damon and Ben Affleck oh, yeah, in yeah. Goodwill Hunting too. Yep, <laughs> and Matt Damon's in it again. And so yeah, that because I, I was talking to to Jacob about it after we got done, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I can't... was like, oh, maybe I just missed something. It makes sense if you don't think about it. Most yeah, they're actors life. playing parts. Yeah, it's like it's like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They made mention in Endgame of the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski starred Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges was Obadiah Stane in Iron Man. And exactly. you just have to go yep. forget it. It's just just pretend those are different people that look alike. They're just doppelgangers, right? That those exist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in angel form. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, so I was reading, and originally Loki was written for Jason Lee. So it was going to be Affleck and Jason Lee as the angels, but he was busy with something else. So he had to take the smaller role of Azrael and they got Matt Damon. They had Matt Damon do Loki. I'm glad that happened because I think Azrael fits Jason Lee better. And I loved Matt Damon as Loki because he has like, especially late nineties, Matt Damon could play that kind of like innocent really well. And he played off of Ben Affleck. So well, like there's a moment where they're on the train and he's like, yeah, she just told us about the or the the angel. She needs to stop from going into church. Wait, is she talking about us? Like, <laughs> and he's genuinely con, like confused for a second. I love and, and that's Matt Damon. He's so good at that. Yeah, he he played he played a better part than the movie deserved. I think. Yeah, but no, he was I think so, he was like just... he got to a point. He was he was this certain character up until like a point, and then like a. Switch flipped, a flip switched, something happened extraordinarily <laughs> quickly, and then he was different. And I'm like, what did I miss? Like, well, why? So he he had some conscience kick in and realized that maybe what they're doing they shouldn't be doing. Whereas Bartleby flips in the other direction and goes right. like more into it, and that's what scares Loki. That's where that line, yeah. and I love that moment where they're in the the parking garage after they get tossed off the train. Like that yelling. scene, they're yelling at each other, but that scene is great because he tells him, he's like, wait a minute, I've heard this rant before. Yeah. And he calls oh, him yeah. the morning star. Like that, I love that scene. And that's the yeah. kind of thing that Kevin Smith got so much better at as he went along as a writer. And he could always write that. He always had that one scene in every one of his movies that was like, it really made you think for a second. And that was that was the scene in this movie for me that did it. Yeah, that, I would agree. That's when I got really, I was like, oh, okay. I'm watching a real movie now. Yeah. I get it. This is good. <laughs> I wanted to punch Loki in the face because he goes into to the conference room and just murder death kills everybody except the one chick that didn't bless him when he sneezed. And then he's like, well, I think I'll shoot you too. And then he hangs out with uh, Jay for two hours and thinks he's the <laughs> coolest person on the planet. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. No rapist scumball, <laughs> and you were gonna shoot Mrs. I didn't bless you. Yeah. Man. No, there's definitely inconsistencies for sure, but but it it well, like if I, you listen to the the sins he's listing in that in that conference room, oof. and you listen to Jay, Jay's like an infant 
who's just got no idea what he's doing is wrong, while these other guys clearly are the scum of the earth. So not apologizing for Jay, but just saying like the heart that's in it is different for Jay. At least the, if you if you if you put together all the iterations of Jay into a single person, because this one was a little bit more tough than maybe Mallrats Jay or even later much, you know, in Jay and Silent Bob, he's more of a goofball. Mm -hmm. So this one, for some reason, he was written, a, uh, like you were saying, Smash, a little bit sinister in the way he talked about people and things that he does. Um, but I, I think I could find a way, a loophole where Loki would be like, you're just an idiot and I'm okay with it versus these other dudes. True. Uh, one okay. one interesting little bit of trivia on Jay um, for this movie. So Jason Mewes showed up for rehearsals with the entire script memorized for this movie. What? Not his part, the whole script memorized. And the reason that he did that was Kevin Smith pulled him aside before they got started and was like, hey, just so you know, you need to be on your A game for this. And he didn't want to upset or disappoint Alan Rickman. So he, he memorized <laughs> all the parts. Oh my gosh, that's nuts. I can't imagine trying to memorize any script, let alone a Kevin Smith, like dialogue dense script like this. Okay, that's kind of pure. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of adorable, and I want to squish his cheeks for that. <laughs> I think um, he was still he was still struggling with drugs at the time. Oh, big too. time, yeah. So this was like a big that's why Kevin was so like you you were like Alan Rickman is a classically trained actor and he knows what he's doing and we need to impress him like you've got to pull this pull yourself together. Exactly. Uh so that was part of that too. And, Alan Go ahead. Oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. No, 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 go, go. go. Oh, I was going to talk about Alan Rickman, and it sounds like you are too, so please. He's, I keep calling the metronome, but I know that's not it. <laughs> the but Metatron. There we go. Metronome That's what I said. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the freaking eagles from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go here by yourself. I can take you anywhere. Have fun. I'm going to drop you off in this diner and get you drunk. Okay, bye. Yep, basically. <laughs> You're right. I didn't even think about that. Didn't even consider it for a second. That, that was stupid. The entire like, existence of everything. And you can take the subway. Yeah. You, you need to do this on your own. Oh, but man, is he great in this. Like, mm -hmm. it's, not a, it's not a big role in terms of screen time, but it's an important role. And it's that scene where, first of all, when he shows up walking on water, I love that. Even though you can clearly oh, cool. see the, the path that he's walking on, like the plexiglass <laughs> they laid down. But <laughs> but I just love that idea. Like, she's freaking out, and here he is, and oh, yeah, I can just walk on top of the water. No big deal. But then he's like sits her down, and he gives her that really fatherly um, talk. And like it's Alan Rickman just has this gravitas about him along with like a that kind of uh fatherly thing it was perfect for that yeah so that was really good yeah and then then he, he had this um oh go ahead oh no go ahead I, he had this he had this vibe of like i'm tired and i don't want to tell you this either and he carried it like this is the most important thing telling you sucks and he had that balanced so well in his demeanor and his delivery like it, it really showed like that, that whole conflicting attitude towards it. Yeah, like he's been he's been doing this job for a long time, and it's not easy for him. And then he can flip right around and give some you know witty little one liner, and he's always upset that stuff's getting on his clothes. Like, I love that. <laughs> I feel like that speech while they're while she was flopping around in the water too. I I 
that's something I never really thought about. I mean, like Stephen said, we grew up in Christian school and we're churchy people. But there is this big gap in mm-hmm. like the Protestant Bible where there's just like like a time gap, right? Like Jesus is this age and then Jesus is like, hey, I have like a year. Okay, bye. I mean, I think that was, I actually really liked that someone else's thought into that because I never really thought about it just because I grew up with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's one of the things. So this movie, part of why it wasn't a huge box office hit was it got protested all all to hell, right? Um, the the first bit of trivia on IMDb is about uh, how, where is the name? William Donahue of the Catholic League lambasted the film and publicly protested against it for months without actually seeing it. His office called View Askew. Yeah, and his office called View Askew and requested a special screening so he could quote speak and speak about it intelligently. Kevin Smith responded with, "So what's he been doing for the past six months?" <laughs> like, and and that's the thing. Like people that protested this or or you know kind of dismissed it never saw it because if you watch it and you pay attention, like there's a lot of heart in it. And there's a really good yeah. message in it. And he's yeah. he's parodying the Catholic Church. He's poking fun at the silly parts of it. But he's got like, this script couldn't have been written by anybody who wasn't raised Catholic. Right? And you no. so you know that he was raised Catholic. But it's like, he gets the underlying aspect of everything. But he's like, yeah, all this kind of stuff, uh, all this pomp and circumstance on top of it's dumb. And let's make fun of that. Yeah. So that was what I always took from it. I, yeah, I you got can, it. Oh, go ahead, Stephen. No, no, no. You go. Stephen, I'll bite you. I'm pregnant. You okay. go. <laughs> was, well, no, I was just, I was just about to say that I forgot what I was just about to say. Go ahead, Ashley. <laughs> Damn it! Why are you like this? <laughs> I don't know. So, I it's, it goes away. That's the one of the things I did notice was while I was watching. I'm like, this isn't like blasphemous at all. No. Like I never felt weird about watching it like i remember when i watched the previews i'm like what is this why would anybody watch this crap because you know if you don't grow up in christian school like you don't want more christian school outside of your christian school like once your day is done you're done (laughs) but i i felt it was more like i struggled more with the uh the kind of womanizing like constantly badgering her for sex thing i'm like good lord this did not age well no definitely there were a lot of I was capturing a bunch of audio and there was quite a few times where I would I would capture something I would listen to it and I'd just be like yeah, we're just gonna delete that one <laughs> yeah I don't I don't need that on my soundboard right <laughs> no yeah, yeah. that, that kind of surprised me about how much like that stood out to me versus you know Alanis Morissette walking around and doing handstands and boxers. Yeah. We're both, and we're as a Protestant too. Like, I don't get Catholicism. Like, if, if you don't grow up in this universe and you, you've always been outside of the church realm, like, there's a lot of difference between like Catholicism and Protestantism, in, in, depending on the denomination. But it's, you can yeah. get like this played on mythology that, uh, you know, isn't necessarily derived from the Bible as I know it. There's, like, a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, where did they even get that from? Mm-hmm. Now, Loki, um, I know, like, I know, like, Loki was, they gave him that name. He was, in the Bible, yeah. he's just the angel of death. But, like, they would, right. they would pull little bits and pieces like that. Um, 
even I found myself Googling stuff. I'm like, what is a metric, a meta, Metatron? Like, where did that even Metronome. come like, And I'm Googling, like, I'm just Googling all over the place. I've never heard this before in my life. And it's like, oh, well, this is a reference in one verse in Revelation. I'm like, oh, okay. So somewhere yeah. in there, they decided that this is how this worked. And it, it didn't offend me in large part because I didn't know most of the <laughs> stuff they were playing with. I'm like, I don't even get it. I'm like, I mean... Jesus is your buddy. I don't know why everybody would be upset about I love the buddy Christ. I had no idea that that was from him. Like, I've been to churches where they flash buddy Christ with, like, a backwards, backwards baseball hat and pizza. They're like, Jesus just wants to eat with you, man. Let, let, let Jesus come eat with you. So, and I'm like, that's the best thing. Yeah, so the buddy Christ statue. Um, I think they have the full-size one at the secret stash. But back when I worked at a Suncoast video, we sold little ones about probably about yay tall. I had one and I had it on the dashboard of my car oh, for like eight years. And um, what was great was I had it. And then I think it was the next year was when Jane Silent Bob Strike Back came out. And there's a scene in that where um, they're picked up by a nun played by Carrie Fisher. And she has a buddy Jesus on her dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. It's such a great, like, just, I love that. So the movie hooked me the first time I saw it, hooked me right at the beginning when it's George Carlin as a Catholic Cardinal. Right. That was I, so li- great. I, I didn't see it in the theater. I was watching it with a friend of mine and I just, I, I leaned back on the couch. And I'm like, okay, you've got me. Let's go. And, and I was hooked <laughs> from that moment forward. Because and like the comic <laughs> fonts behind him. And yes. Catholicism. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Love that whole. So real. I know. <laughs> I know. That's totally something a cheese ball church would do. Like we've been to cheese ball churches that do stuff like that. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, you get into more of like the mythology, like you were talking about with the Golgotham. Um, yeah. Which, uh, was the. A shit demon. And I love that. <laughs> Um, you had that. You had uh, you had Rufus, the thirteenth apostle. I love that. Yep. Uh, and Chris Rock. I mean, and this was like peak Chris Rock. This was late nineties. Um, yeah, the excremental. Yes, McFly. No, that. so many no, no. I love on no. And then on I top love of that, Chris like, Rock so much. Oh man! And then on top of that, they get rid of the Golgotham with like just the cheesiest way. He just uses some spray on him, knocks Uber-y. knocks strong odors out. <laughs> that was really clever. I was down with that. I was like, okay, that's stupid, but I'm okay. I see what we're doing here. But that's Kevin Smith. Like that's his kind of humor. Um, oh yeah. You had uh, the muses, and I kind of liked how Azrael mm-hmm. was a muse, and then got sent down with the demons. And the fact that you really have two antagonists because it's Azrael, but then Bartleby as well. Once he loses mm-hmm. his mind, um, he does. He absolutely does. How many, so Stephen, since you've seen more of the Kevin Smith and the View Askew movies, how many of the cameos did you catch? I knew you were going to talk about references and cameos. Like the nails uh, lighter that he used oh, at the beginning was totally was a View Askew so thing. So I wrote, I wrote a note to myself. I was like, I quit smoking years ago. I still want that damn lighter. Like that thing's awesome. Yeah. And then there's the nails, like, cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. There was the nails poster in the background. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Anderson. Is that from other movies? Yeah. So nails Blurps. are the, the, um, like cigarette brand. Okay. And, from every movie. Yeah. From I all knew it had movies. to mean something, but I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, you had Jeff Anderson show up. 
Yes, he was the gun owner. Yep. That, he was awesome. I love Jeff Anderson. Oh, he's great. He's just got a thing. I don't know what it is about him that I like, but I just like everything he does. Yep, Brian O'Halloran. Um, yes, playing... he played Grant Hicks. Yes, who was Hill Hicks and Dante Hicks's relative yep. uh, in some way, shape, or form. I love that. I've met him. He is a really cool guy, by the way. He came to our local Comic uh-huh. Con. Um, so yeah, you had yeah those two, um, Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan playing mm-hmm. brian johnson and walt flanagan they're just they're in, walt yell tell them steve dave yep. and that made me laugh yeah i also like the uh the very subtle one side red when he um when jason lee pushes the uh the one of the stygian triplets because that was a line from um mall rats i think oh. oh yeah it was you're right he pushes the kid out of the way um yeah let's see um oh i got one uh ming chin Ming Chen from Comic Book Men was in the strip club when oh, they yeah. were watching uh, Serendipity. He was sitting right there. I'm like, holy crap, that's Ming. I didn't know he went back that far. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I had a question. This is cameo related. Sure. But the story about the, the boy that peed in her hair when she was like nine or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Hand or her they hair? Said, hair? Her hair. Didn't he say her hair? Um, he said, she said at the end, what was his name? Brian Johnson. Right. And I was like, holy crap. Did Brian Johnson pee in someone's hair in real life and he snuck that joke in here or like that story in and this is like a real thing and it just is in there. We're going to think it's fiction. I wouldn't put it past him for one. Um, Me neither. So I did. (laughs) I did read that this he actually wrote this script before he wrote Clerks. Oh, wow. But he didn't make it because he wanted to be able to do the visual effects better. You know, the, the angels uh, and all that. So he held on to it. And then, and I don't know how much I put th- stock in this. Um, whoa. <laughs> oh, wait. There's sports on TV. It's supposed to be a four-hour-long video. What happened there? Stop. <laughs> Howard, there's sports on TV. I was. I must have stopped. Are you watching old highlights? I don't know. It was just whatever came up on YouTube. <laughs> all right we'll just let that roll then um so but i i read that um he offered the movie to robert rodriguez to direct and rodriguez told him no you should direct it i don't buy that because i can't see kevin smith not wanting to direct a, a script that he wrote especially after he had already done three movies yeah it'd be one thing if it was like right after clerks but he had done clerks and mall rats and chasing amy by this point so um, you never know. Uh, yeah, he's going to direct his own stuff. Oh, definitely, and he has. In fact, I think Cop Out is still the only movie he's directed that he didn't write, and I can't think of a Kevin yeah. Smith script that someone else has done. He deserved. He deserved to do more than just Cop Out too. I, feel, I hate that he had such a bad experience on that because I enjoyed that movie for what it was, and I I wish that he'd he'd have been like I'll direct more stuff, but. He's best at his stuff, sure, mm-hmm. but he could do he could do other talky things that other people wrote. Well, what Gilmore I like is, girls. yeah, Gilmore and, Girls. Yeah, let him direct that. Well, he has been doing more directing. He directed a bunch of episodes of Supergirl. Oh yeah, he's really? done lots of TV. Oh yeah, he's done a lot of TV episodes. Yep. Um, but you know, I just I, what I like is how he's grown as a director. Because if you look at Clerks, like there's not a single camera movement in that entire movie. The, the camera is always locked off and he, he got a little more comfortable with it as he went along. And then he started like spreading his wings and he tried Jersey girl, which didn't work very well. Um, 
in terms of like it wasn't received that great. I didn't hate it, but you know, it would. It's hard when you've done the same, basically the same style of movie for five movies. People expected be like Twin, Quentin Tarantino coming out and doing a romantic comedy out of nowhere. Yeah, Jersey Girl was good, man. I really still like that movie. I, George Carlin at the end will bring a tear to my eye every time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like it's it's it gave him a range that it, no one really knew he had. I really love Liv Tyler in that movie. The little kid was great. It mm-hmm. was just. It was one of those, but sure, his core audience, no, they'd hate Jersey Girl. Mm-hmm. But people like me who actually enjoy movies like The Notebook and Titanic, I dug it. I was down with it. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. This is a sweet little movie with people I like and know in it that are, you know, like Stephen Root was in that movie. He played a dude. Oh, man, I, I forgot I, he was in that movie. I haven't yeah, seen it in good. probably 10 years or more. Um, Will Smith was in that movie. The casting was great. I'm, I'm going to defend it. I'm assuming it that's a no die. for me then. Oh, yeah, you would hate it. Don't watch it. <laughs> I think it's got heart and feeling in it. That movie was also really hurt by the fact that it came out right around the time of Geely, and it had Ooh, Ben Affleck yeah. in it. So it's like Ben Oops. Affleck in a romantic comedy. Nah, that was not a good idea. With um, J-Lo, because they were hyping it up because yeah. it was him and J-Lo in the movie. She's in it for five minutes. Right. But th- that was the hype, and that was the, ended up being a bad move. <laughs> but then you see him like, um, Red State is one that I always come to because that's if you didn't know uh, going into it that he wrote and directed that you would have no clue because it's so vastly different and it's not a comedy at all um, but that's a really good movie if you haven't seen it I recommend that mm-hmm. I'll agree with that I haven't um, seen that one either you I should. feel like I've watched movies until I talk to you guys you're like blah 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 blah, blah. I'm like what are they saying about words and people well when you have no life it's what you do is watch movies. <laughs> I grew up in West Virginia, man. There was nothing to do but watch movies. Well, you just then... chose which movies to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Bond. Yeah, I was other just, things. Yeah. I did like the uh the subtle or the nice Bond reference in this. Um this was one of I don't know if this was the first movie I remember seeing where somebody's like, "No, no, 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 no. I've seen enough Bond movies to know you don't reveal your whole plan." That was cool. But I feel like it's one of the earlier ones to like make that kind of a meta joke that <laughs> that just killed me. There's so many of those in this. Um, there's so many, like, I literally had to stop writing audio that I wanted to capture because I was just going to capture the entire movie <laughs> with all the one-liners. I mean, there's the, the line after he hits him with the golf club, and they're like, wait, how did that work? Oh, right, because he's the kind of guy that would bless his own clubs for a better game. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, I didn't understand why he kept them alive, though, because he made that awesome little Bond quip. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but why didn't you just kill all of them? Like, Rufus wouldn't have died, but that's one person. Um, They all had impenetrable plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they needed to be alive at the they end. They needed to so be there. Get yeah, killed. exactly. Yeah. Because you're right. He good... just had like his own viewing party for the end of the world. Yeah, he went. He didn't want to watch the existence blink out by himself. That's boring. <laughs> right. I love maybe the. He's, uh... he's amused. He's fueled by other people. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he yeah, maybe them. that's it. Um, the uh, the whole idea of the muses and like her saying, "I want to go out on my own," and then writer's block. Yeah, and, and the great yeah. the great dig at Home Alone too. Yes. <laughs> so many of those. Like you have that's one thing with Kevin Smith movies is you're gonna get you're gonna get a ton of references to other things. So many pop culture references. I mean, no ticket. 
is a classic. Yeah, I wrote that, that down. That was great. That was so great. I liked that. That oh. moment is That's... wonderful because it's just long enough. Like he lights the cigarette, and then as the camera pans back, and you see the guy just cowering in fear. <laughs> and he has that moment where he stops, he thinks about it, he looks, he looks back, he thinks about it more, and there's no ticket, and just walk away. Oh, like, so I love good. that. You um, always wait for the when is Silent Bob going to speak because he always speaks in the movies. Yeah, and this... uh, at, at least once. And this was that was the perfect moment to do it. He didn't need to have a big, uh, big spiel about something. A big, huge monologue, just a couple yeah. words. And I'm like, in fact, well I think done. pretty sure this is the one he has the least number of words. I think he speaks three words the entire movie because he says no ticket yeah. and he says thanks, and that's it. <laughs> it's like the anti-chasing yep. Amy, where he goes off for a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. And there were other really good, uh, funny lines that you you might not catch the first time, like, or if you do, it gets funnier as you watch it over and over. Like when he's talking, when the Metatron is talking about the voice of God, and how mm-hmm. if a human was to hear it, your head would explode and your chest would cave in. He's like, yeah, we went through five atoms before we figured that one out. That like funny. little throwaway lines like that just kill me. Or uh, yeah, that was good. Wait, we're in Mexico? Well, no, we're we're in the Mexican eatery down the street, but it is impressive <laughs> that was good there are so many little quotes in this movie that i really dug like uh, on top of this the throwaway lines that were funny there was also some pretty strong uh philosophical ideas being tossed out in one line like i wrote down one i, I didn't get the exact quote but it was i think it was when metatron was talking about like the tools of the lord are, are weak people is like noah was a drunk yeah and it basically came up, it, i summed it up as everyone sucks you still do the lord's work you know what it needs to get done. You still do it, right? Uh, you know the smallest the smallest gear can make a huge amount of change. You know that kind of thing. Um, and there was another one. You don't celebrate your faith; you mourn it. Yes. I thought that was very powerful. <laughs> that is um, so. Every Catholic that I've ever spoken to, and I've I've quoted that line to them, and to a person, they're all like, "Yeah, that's kind of true." <laughs> like, yeah, some of it begrudgingly, and some of them are like. No, that's that's right, but that's that's been my experience. Now, yeah, and I mean not to get all theological or anything, but I, I've always heard from the Catholic point of view the guilt remains mm-hmm. um, in the in the Catholic faith. Whereas Protestant, a lot of sides of Protestantism, the guilt's gone. That was the whole point. Right. You're free from the guilt, but in Catholicism, they make you remember it, and it's like it's it's a little bit that 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 line makes sense to me in that context. So, and there was yeah, another. Unless you go to Christian school, and right. then it's all, all the time. So <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, don't worry about that. <laughs> there was another part of this, though, that I wanted to talk, especially given um, the most recent episode of Staring at Goats, made me think of it. Um, was the bit with Chris Rock with Rufus talking about ideas and beliefs, mm-hmm. and this i this this concept that like. Ideas are really good, but once you build a belief structure around that, it becomes a lot trickier and a lot more difficult to deal with and a lot more difficult to manage because it's easy to change an idea. Getting a belief built up around it is a lot more difficult. And there was something along those lines that got brought up in the discussion on staring at goats, and it made me think of this, which is why I was like, this is perfect that you're watching it this week. (laughs) Yeah, I remember uh, you saying that, and when this line came up, I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Because I get it. That's that's always been my thing with like, you know, Protestants and Catholics and all, all these different religions is like you're taking you're taking something, you're building your belief structure around it, but what if A that's not right, or what if B it's just a it's a mistranslation 
you get that a lot too. So it, it's just something mm. to think about. Like I've never, I don't want to get too philosophical and too, um, too much, too deep down that rabbit hole. But like, I've never, I've never connected with any church that I've tried going to because of that, because inevitably I'm going to find in some way where it's like, uh, this, this doesn't make sense to me. And it's better for me and for all of you if I don't try to force it. So, yeah, yeah I can just... see that. The, uh, <laughs> well done. The, uh, oh man, what was I going to say? You have a way of just blinking my brain completely out, and I don't know what I was going to say. Way to go, Travis. You're the mind, the mind. No, leader. it was, it was you. You did it. You said bloop, oh. bloop, and I was like, wow. Actually, sorry. No, it's fine. I can't remember what I was going to say. Now, McFly brought up something earlier, and I do want to talk about this, is um, have either of you ever heard of or read a book called Lamb by it Christopher Moore? It's sitting on my bookshelf. Okay. Oh, wait. No, I haven't read Lamb. I read the other one. I read Dirty Job. I didn't okay. read Lamb. So um, McFly brought that up in the chat. Is He's wondering if Rufus was somewhat ba- loosely based. I think – I can't remember which came out first, if it was the book or the movie. But I'd be interested to know because – kind of going along the same lines, like the forgotten apostle, the forgotten best friend of Jesus and during his uh, missing years, that kind of stuff. So he brought that up. I just wanted to mention that. If you haven't read that book yet, it's it's amazing. It was published in 2002. Okay, so Lamb came out later. later. So it's entirely possible that Christopher Moore was uh, inspired by Rufus. I could see that because he's a funny dude. Absolutely. Yeah. We also found that Rufus was a biblical name. It was one of the sons, I think it was the son of Simon of Cyrene, who carried the cross for Jesus when he fell the last time. I think that Rufus was the son of him, but I don't know if that's where Kevin got it from. Um, Hard but to that say, seems, but it's a biblical it, name. It would surprise mind. me if if he did. Yeah. So I do. I I do have a question, and this is just it may be faulty Ashley memory, but. Like in every translation of the Bible I've read, Jesus had siblings. Is that like not a Catholic thing? I had the same question. I'm glad you okay. asked that. It is not a Catholic thing. And in fact, it's not. Um, there are other um, kind of branches of Christianity that also don't think that. Huh. Um, I mean, James was Jesus' brother. Like James wrote a book in the Bible, a pretty hardcore book, too. Yeah. If you want to read one that's trying to set you straight, James will do it. Uh, and that's because he was Jesus. I guess you want to be technical. You could say his half brother. Yeah. But like they, they definitely had extra, like more kids. Like, I, it, yeah, it, it seems odd heard to me. Not. Yeah, right. definitely though. From from what I know of Catholicism, it's definitely um, they didn't think that. Oh wow! I have, well, like, a bunch of Catholic friends. I need to call them. And be like, you should because oh, I, I watch dogma. <laughs> I would be interested to know because. <laughs> It's got that, uh, it, it did lead to one of Chris Rock's better lines in it, which is like when he's talking about, you know, but the, the virgin birth and all these are leaps of faith, but to think that a married couple didn't get down, I mean, that's just gold. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, I, I'm young, 100% right? on that. Like, they were really yes. young. Yeah. She was like 14. It was the, you know, it was the, the first century. You only lived uh, to 30, so. Right. You when you could. Pretty much. Yeah, but I, that really did stun me. I thought that either that was Kevin Smith's misstep and he didn't know it, or it was actually not, or the Catholics thinks James was someone else. Yeah, I just assumed okay, it was you know. maybe not in like Catholicism. Like there was no. I remember. I remember we were in we were in geography class one day, and my uh, my teacher, 
I really don't care for whatever. He started talking about a, a verse out of the Catholic Bible about how Jesus like walked up and got pissed off and electrocuted someone. And I'm like, that seems weird. But it, yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it just depends on what you read growing up, right? Like what you base your quote, belief on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I will sit here and firmly express my belief that a man died, came back to life and rose up into heaven. And think that's completely normal to me, right? But to another person, they're going, like, what are you even talking about? That's insane. And I accept that. You're right. It is insane. And I don't know how to explain it to you other than uh, that's just, that's that's where I'm at. That's what, that's where my life has taken me. 34 years, so. Well, yeah, I was just, it's seems, it does seem impractical, but, um. But it's 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 just like but you it, said, Travis. It's belief. It's with what I've established as uh, my my system. Absolutely, yeah. And and on top of that, like it's it's what you believe, but you don't want to. You don't necessarily push that on anybody else. No, it's everybody and, else's is journey. I will share. I will gladly share. Mm-hmm. People who are interested, I will happily discuss it with them. But no, I'm not out there being like Grapitter dies, you sons of like bees. People at Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, like the people at Dragon Con with their megaphones. Like, no, I'd <laughs> much rather, I would much rather sit with you and have a nice conversation and walk away even not agreeing and be like, I still love you. Let's hang out. We still like video games. We meet on different factors and everything is fine. Yeah. Well, see, and that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why uh, I really like you because not <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not enough people that are like that in the world. So it's nice to oh, meet gosh. somebody that is. I I hope they're a lot. I don't want to be special. There's not as many (laughs) as you would think is what I'm saying. Um, So this is a movie that I quote a lot and I can always tell when somebody has seen it because the quotes are very unique to it. Um, Little things (laughs) like um, uh, this one, which I like. This is Kevin Smith doing like Pete Kevin Smith is a line like this. Any moron with a pack of matches can set a fire. Running down sulfur is like an endurance trial. Mass genocide is the most exhausting activity one can engage in, next to soccer. That's I, I wrote that down too. I laughed so hard. I, I was like, soccer. I get it. I will. I will quote just that last bit all the time to people. Um, yeah, that was perfect. There's that one. There's the. Um, no pleasure, no rapture, no exquisite sin greater than central air. I. I ha- <laughs> I may or may not say that every hotel I go to when I turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, that scene was so weird to me because it was there. Kevin Smith made me believe I could be a filmmaker, and there's a reason he made me believe I could be a filmmaker, and it's that his movies just are normal people having normal conversations. Like when I went to college, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I wanted to do it because Kevin Smith could do it, and mm-hmm. his movies are made in such a way that you're like. I believe this guy found a house, walked in, took some video, and called that a movie. And that's what that scene felt like to me. I was like, why does it feel like Azrael just walked into like somebody's house that Kevin knew and they just <laughs> shot that scene? And it made me it's it has a way of of still being a movie, but you're also like, I could shoot that in my living room. And then you're like, Oh, holy crap, is that what movies are? They're just taking taking a motion picture of something and, and <laughs> throwing music behind it why yes that is what movies are believe it or not it is yeah i did that for years that that movie struck me as or this movie struck me as like those there's plenty of scenes where i'm like 
this is shot like somewhere that they could just access at the moment. <laughs> and and his we movies... had to watch that scene twice. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I I I Ashleyed out for a second because <laughs> Jacob's Jacob's seen it before, and so when he was sitting the the triplets on the couch and they were talking about the scion, I missed that at first. Oh okay. Because I was looking at the wall color versus the ceiling color, and my brain went, man, that house would look so much better with crown molding. <laughs> and Jacob looked at me, and he's like, honey, did you get that? And I repeated the line after it because my brain tuned back in. He's like, no, no, the important one before that. And I'm like, don't you think that room would look better with crown molding? And he's like, oh, shit, rewind. Uh, that's, that's great. That's amazing. So I got to watch it twice. <laughs> um. There's there's another line I didn't capture it, but it's right at the beginning when they're sitting in the airport, and it's right after Loki gets done talking to the nun and she walks away, and he he climbs over and he sits down and and Bartleby looks at him he's like, and I just I love this line so much it's here's what I don't get about you, you you know for a fact that there is a God you've been in His presence He's spoken to you personally, in it I just heard you claim to be an atheist like. I just that cracks me up every time I hear it. Um, it's it's lines like that that you're right. It's conversations and Kevin Smith movies. I think the reason they make you feel like you can make movies is because it's all based around conversation. So you don't have to worry about these big like action set pieces that you would have to have a huge crew to do. You feel like you could have one person with a camera, a director yelling action, and your actors, and that's all you need. When in reality, there's you know seventy five people standing around. But that's a unique yeah, shoot. He's, he's shooting a podcast with sets. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's a, a lot good of way to put that. I like that. <laughs> Pretty much is. Um, yeah. Oh, there was also uh, a nice little dig at Wisconsin. Were they sent to hell? Worse, Wisconsin. <laughs> How oh, did they leave? Oh. No, go ahead. I, I got really excited because I was watching this and there out of the airport and they haven't told you where they are yet mm -hmm. we haven't told you anything about where they are and this was really great visual storytelling they're leaving the airport and they walk past the cheesehead guy i'm yes. like oh shoot they're in wisconsin and then if you don't know about cheeseheads the very next thing you see is a giant welcome to wisconsin poster yes and i was like that's for the people that didn't get the cheeseheads but now we know where they are without them having to say it that makes the difference. That's the that's different than a podcast with sets. That's a movie. Yes. That's visual storytelling. Here we're showing it to you because never mind exposition. Maybe Aquaman could learn something, but we're not here. To <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I need to re-listen to that. Um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pause for a minute while I go let the dog out because he's not going to shut up, and I don't know if anyone else can hear it. But all I can hear is him barking right now. So you guys talk amongst yourselves. I will be back in just a minute. Doggo. Hey, so I don't do podcasts very often, Ashley. What's what's your take on this one? How are you feeling about it? I'm gonna die. Oh, I'm glad okay. we did this this week and not like two days later. Because I may have a child well, two days from now. Yeah, you're probably real real close to having a having a little baby kid there. Um, but yeah, I'm uncomfortable that's... in my lady bits. Oh boy. Yeah, I can. I, I'm. I, I can say I've never felt uncomfortable in my lady bits. It's the it's the duct tape, too. I I don't like want to. Duct tape ripping off yeah. the balls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're taking <laughs> Travis's thing and turning it into our show. Whoops. Yeah, I, like I don't I don't know that necessarily. 
necessarily people that listen to our show would be listening to. That's true. Like That's I came for edification, and I have not rippage. We could just talk about uh, a movie. The movie was good. I watched it. Hey, it was real convenient the way we were able to watch it too. It worked out for me. Yes, I, I found it very that. helpful. Yeah, it was, it was watching pretty great. it on a massive television slightly gave me a headache because it was like Ooh, three yeah. pixels. It was yeah on the on my screen it was like shrunk down, so, to some they did some do level. Shrinkage, but it wasn't like cold water shrinkage. It was. Mm. It wasn't your dad washed your favorite sweater shrinkage. It was just you know maybe you dip the tip in cold water shrinkage. Oh, oh that's I pretty like funny. This. I saw I saw McFly's comment. Um, why did God scream to Bartleby when she could have just whispered in his ear and blown I him was, up? I was like, she could have killed everybody. Yeah. Like, because. And oh, right. Because. Yeah, because mm. you're not, you can't hear the voice of God. That's why there's the metronome. And then, <laughs> like, did she, did she unkill everybody at the end or just clean up the mess except for the metronome shirt? I, I think so she cleaned questions. up the mess. I think she cleaned up the mess. I think everybody who's dead was dead because, like, I don't think God cares about your mortal body as much as He cares for your mortal, your Im- your immortal soul. So, like, that's why there's so much. I opened up the earth and it swallowed people in the Old Testament because He's just yeah. like, yeah, this is only a, a part of your trip. <laughs> just gonna have the earth swallow you up and nom, worry nom, about the nom, rest nom, later. Homo sapiens. <laughs> now I imagine the Earth with like a big mouth, like raw, 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 raw. And also yeah, ski she... ball, like nobody Man, likes. Everybody ski loves ball. I love ski ball. <laughs> yeah, but you don't go to. And how did they leave Wisconsin? I thought they I mean, weren't they allowed. Just... I thought that was their like eternal punishment. That's a that's a good question. I have so many. I was I was awake last night at three in the morning because I had to pee, but I was I didn't want to stand up because I knew it would hurt. And yeah. so I just laid there thinking of questions. The Eagles thing was my favorite thing. How does, but how, how are they, have they been in Wisconsin since the beginning of their, their, their uh, banishment? Cause it surely they, they were banished long before America. Well, I think that, isn't that what he said? Isn't that they like that they will spend it, not an eternity in hell, but an eternity in Wisconsin. Okay, well, I guess I don't know. I, I missed I missed the part about Wisconsin. There's all kinds of little goofs in here, though. It's probably listed. There's continuity goofs, character error goofs. It's all kinds of goofs. Yeah, the Rufus dialogue disappears. Was really fun, though. Jay's asleep, sleeping. Um, you know what I really thought was kind of gross that what? bothered me a lot is when at the beginning Bartleby spits his popcorn back into the popcorn. Uh, oh box. yeah. Were they not really, allowed to eat, like, or drink? Is that a thing? Like, he, I just thought it was an obnoxious thing that an obnoxious person would do. I thought he had two it, bags at one point, and I'm like... No, I think he just ate some, and then he just go, Pwah, and spit it back so into the thing. Gross. And I was like, that's awful. But Ben Affleck plays obnoxious really well. It's the reason you and Stephanie don't like him. <laughs> He's or at least I didn't think you liked real him. Bad. Yeah, Stephanie's uh, a big Affleck okay. fan. Why? I'm back. No. Doggo happy? He is now, yeah. Yay. <laughs> he was not, but we brought up we brought up so many questions while you were gone. Yeah, there's like there's a scrolling question text. Alright. Go for it. 
What do we got here? How how were they able to leave Wisconsin? I thought they were were damned to an eternity of Wisconsin. Well, they were just sent to Wisconsin and I think told don't leave. But the way they were able to get out was Azrael had was basically masking them. So Oh, he was hiding. That's he, right. He mentioned, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. He mentioned okay. he had whatever to keep him off Hell's radar and he was also keeping him off of Heaven's radar or something. So But did they they didn't know that though, did they? They didn't know that, no. But he laced the the article that he sent them was laced with ideas, so that got them the motivation to go. Because he was a muse. Yes. I paid a little attention. <laughs> Good. Uh-huh. Good for you. It's all coming together now. Um, and then and then why did she scream at the end instead of just saying something pithy and having his head explode? That I don't know. Um, the only thing I can think of is maybe he just figured that it ne- whatever was going to happen needed to be like really big and cinematic as opposed to smaller. Because I, I wondered that even the first time that I saw it. Like, why didn't she just say, boom, yeah, one thing and, and make it happen? But it gave him the excuse to have a really big kind of overly visual part. So, yeah, I feel like lots of Shake people the camera around. Yeah. A lot of people so, did. Hey, uh, okay, go ahead. I found an answer to one of our things earlier regarding the siblings. Uh, this was in IMDb's Goofs. Protestants usually acknowledge that Mary was a virgin and only until after Jesus' birth. Four brothers of Jesus are named in the Bible, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. However, Catholic tradition insists that these four and some sisters were cousins of Jesus and not siblings. Cousins. Thus okay. maintaining the perpetual virginity of Mary. Since Bethany only knows Catholic doctrine, the news that Mary had other children would come as a surprise to her. Uh, so see, okay. now it makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Understood. Thank you, IMDb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... So this was one of the earlier movies where Kevin Smith had trouble with an actor. Um, apparently, Linda Fiorentino was difficult to work with. Um, Who was that one? She was Bethany. The main girl. Yeah. yeah. And that apparently there would be entire days where she wouldn't speak to him on set. And according to Kevin Smith, in retrospect, he wishes that he would have cast Janine Garofalo in that role. Oh, oh that she would have been great. So great. She would have been So great. much better. Yeah, I, this, I struggled with Linda Fiorentino the awful. whole time. She's awful. awful. She's so monotone. She's so it's like she was phoning it in. And I wanted. I'm like, okay, I, well, everybody loves this movie, and it can't be because they like her because she is probably the worst part of this movie. No, and now she, it makes sense. Cast yeah. me, I would have done just as good a job. And <laughs> oh I yeah. Not act. You know, she's she is definitely my least favorite part of the movie. There are moments where I think she's actually pretty good. The way she acts drunk on the train is one of the more believable drunk performances that I've seen because she's not <laughs> acting drunk. You can she's tell, dirty. like, she's... Because, you know, when you're actually drunk and you're trying not to be, you you kind of come off like that. At least that's yeah. what I have noticed in my experiences with drunk people. And I used <laughs> to drive a cab, so I have quite a few. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> She just like it was I think the thing that threw me when she's freaking out in the water in the river it seemed really over the top for what was going on like I would have much rather seen a more subtle breakdown than the absolute rage machine I know that what she you was. did last summer yeah, What that are you just, waiting I'm, for Right I'm like what 
this is not how people do things. And I don't know if that was her or Kevin, but I just felt like a, it, that entire scene could have called for a very, a much smaller breakdown and been much more emotionally, uh, like it would have resonated more uh, yeah. with me anyway. No, I, I can see that. Like, it's hard for me yeah. now to picture somebody else because I've seen this movie so many times and her in it. that it's more yeah. It's more difficult for me to picture somebody else in that role. But... It's definitely of the performances in this, and I think there's a lot of really good ones. I think Affleck is great in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, Matt Damon is really, really good. Um, Alan Rickman is always good. I she's so find good. something he's not good in. I dare you. Um, but yeah, she was she was the weakest of them by far. Yeah, and she hasn't done. I mean, she's done a lot of work, but nothing you know outside of Men in Black. Right. She that, is the, uh, the more when I realized she was a bit of black, I'm like, that's why I didn't like her. Hey, hey gray muscle <laughs> key I've never seen this before, but just because there's yeah. something about the way there's something her voice grates on me. And I don't know why. It's like this tired, barely functional. Tired person. is a good <laughs> word for it because it uh, yeah. always seems like she's just on the verge of like falling asleep or just woken up. And yeah, it's so breathy. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, breathy. It's breathy and it's like uh, almost lazy in the way that she speaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she did not work for me. <laughs> I would well, have much rather see Janine Garofalo. Yeah, I was definitely. very excited when I saw her. I'm like, ooh, yay, Janine Garofalo. And, and she's, she's never gone. in it again. Yeah. yeah. She's nope. toast. It's a groove. It's almost like she overplays the breathy. Yeah, kind of. Um, to to a detriment, I think. Janine Garofalo well, would have big- been great. Her big breakout movie was called The Last Seduction, and I can only wonder if she's just played that character from a movie <laughs> called The Last Seduction, which sounds like it would require a breathy, deep voice person to be a seducer. Yeah, Maybe probably. Maybe she broke her voice and it's just stuck like, like that, like you know, batman <laughs> That's what it is. Well, look, overall the casting was good, but... Uh... Mistakes were made. Okay. <laughs> nice. That was good. Um, and Selma Hayek who is just a tiny little person. I mean, she's wearing oh, platform yeah. heels, but she's so little. And having yeah. her next to, next to um, like having her try to jump on the back of Ben Affleck's got to be funny because Ben that Affleck's like so six great. foot four. <laughs> it's awesome. She was great. I, I was shocked she was in it. I did not I did not know that she was in it. And I, I saw it. I was die. like, I think I know who that. Oh, crap. That's Salma Hayek. Okay. Um. Did did you catch when um when they're on the train and Silent Bob grabs him from behind and what he says um Ben Affleck says Schuler Bob and then he he yells it again when he's throwing him off the train I'll get you Schuler Bob Oh yeah but the the subtitles didn't pick it up so I'm like what so, and then I forgot about that sort yeah. of stuff So that was an ad lib by Affleck and what he <laughs> wanted was he wanted it to sound like he was saying Silent Bob in German <laughs> They left it in Schuler Bob is like student Bob Right. Schuler is, is not <laughs> silent at all. But um, apparently Affleck, the, the story goes, and I don't know exactly if this is true, but I have heard Kevin Smith tell this story before, where Affleck and um, Damon wanted to ad-lib a lot more, and Kevin Smith was not about that. And so he yeah. finally turned to him and he's like, this might have been Affleck trying to ad-lib and chasing Amy, now that I think about it. But he basically went to Affleck and was like, look, if you want to ad-lib, why don't you just go write your own damn script? And as the story goes, uh, Kevin Smith says, so he did. And he won an Oscar. Yeah. For Goodwill Hunting. 
which um, which people forget Kevin Smith was an executive producer on Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. So his name is attached to Oscar winning material. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which I think he provided money. Basically. Pretty much. It's it's either executive producer credit is either we gave you money, there was some sort of unspoken thing that happened. Likely his assistancy gave Matt and Ben and getting it to the right people. Yeah. That's uh, probably why okay. he has the executive producer credit. But still a credit nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, exactly. Especially in that business. <sighs> Boy, is it ever. Um, now this, I just, this movie holds a special place for me. I think I saw it at the perfect age for it to like impact me and then help kind of shape a lot of my worldview in terms of like, it's not about, it's, it's the under, it's that thing I was talking about earlier with like the underlying meaning of stuff. It's not the pageantry that's stacked up on top of it. It's the message underneath that's important. And that's what I got from this at the time. I also saw this at a time where like I was trying to figure out a lot of stuff personally because I saw it at 99. I saw it in 2000, so 18, 19 years old. And uh, it really cemented my, my love for Kevin Smith, and that's lasted for another 20 years. Um, I really, really enjoy this movie. I, I highly recommend it to people. Uh, it sounds like the two of you enjoyed it. It was cute. Except yeah, for the poop was... monster. The poop monster could die in a fire. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not, I don't, like, I, I would say I liked it, but I don't think it's the strongest Kevin Smith movie. And I know that's, like, shocking because a lot of people are like, this is, like, a great best thing he's ever done kind of thing. But I, there's still... There's still movies I rank on top of it. I think some of that was because there was, I had to, I could, I had a hard time, Travis, getting into the mood of the movie because it's like a cartoon um, in a lot of ways. The no, soundtrack no. is a cartoon. The the way they're playing it out, the the embellishments, it's it's very cartoony. And I was expecting more like, you got Howard Shore as your composer. Mm-hmm. And the music felt like a 90s like do 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 i'm like howard shore is lord of the rings dude like why does this music sound cornball when it should sound so much more epic but that's kevin and that's his zone is mm-hmm. cornball and i think had i been in a different headspace had i seen this movie 20 years ago i would probably have the same emotional feeling to it that you do i saw the movie when i am not as attuned to that vibe mm-hmm and I, I think, like, I've seen it, and I don't necessarily need to see it again. Not pooping on it, just saying, like, I'm I'm good having seen it. No, that's a fair assessment, and you're right in that it is cartoony. And I think even in cartoony, even in view askew-style movies, like, Clerks yes. is very small, and it just takes place in that basically one location. Mallrats is probably the closest in terms of, like, the cartoony nature, the, the like, goofy, over-the-top stuff. But then... You look mm-hmm. at Chasing Amy, Chasing Amy has a, a lot of heart to it. And that's probably, a lot of people yeah. think that's his best movie. Um, yeah. And then this one definitely is very cartoonish. Even, I think, to an extent more so than, say, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which is also very cornball, but it's very like tongue-in-cheek and like winking at the camera type thing. Whereas this is yes. playing it much more earnestly, but is very over the top. So I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Jay and Bob Strike Back is 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 corny, but you get it. You're talking about Jay and Silent Bob. This movie found it seemed like it wanted to be chasing Amy heavy, but it also wanted to squeeze in Jay and Bob, and like they wanted to be in it the whole time. And to me, I love Jay and Bob, but had they not been there and it been a little bit more straight 
played with more of a straight face, I think there could have been something that really resonated and made made people think a lot harder than the cornball movie that came out. And it's fine. Um, but but I feel like the tone the tone is what got me. It was like these arguing ideals of I'm going to have a very deep philosophical theological and then a poop monster. And then the poop monster's gonna come out. And then I'm gonna have a deep theological conversation. And I realize this is Kevin Smith wrestling with his own faith. He's admitted that before. Like that's what mm. dogma is was his trying to deal with his Catholicism and also include poop jokes. Um and that was it it to me they're they're a little too far apart to put together tactfully. He did probably the best job anyone could do. Because I I respect Kevin Smith for what he does, um, but yeah, it was it was good. I'm I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you saw it as well. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for for insisting we watch that because I feel better about my life having seen it. <laughs> well, and that so that makes me feel good. I did I yeah. did that. Plus, I made you watch a shit demon. So yeah. <laughs> I've got that going that for me. Oh, that was I that. Enjoyed it. That might be my favorite uh, clip that I got. Well, I did also get this one, which I'm definitely going to use in the future. I'm pissed off, is what I am. <laughs> that was I really like good. that. That's really we good. We should add that to Gray the Muzzle rant. Geekery with a subscription. Wow, nice. thank you guys. That's awesome. Woot. Yay! I don't have a, a hooray sound to play. Um, hooray! <laughs> so hooray! Um, we did it. But yeah, no, I. Thank you guys for coming on. This was fun. I'm really, really glad that I got to show you a new movie, and and it was this one. That I don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, this was like an important one for me to to show you guys. Aww. So. Well, thank oh, I had for, a blast. Yeah, because I don't I don't know that I would have ever watched it because it just wouldn't have occurred to me to do it. But I'm glad <laughs> I did. Yeah, and even if you yeah. never even if you never watch it again, you can say that you've seen it. And you'll and get. And I get references now. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. More importantly, that's what we get. Ray Lynn with a subscription too. Thank you. Holy crap! Oh, this is awesome. Oh, um, this is exciting. But uh, no, I just thank you guys for coming on. This was a ton of fun. Um, I want to give you a couple minutes because you guys do a show that I watch every week: Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Um, and it's the two of you. And I just want to give you guys a minute to to talk about that. To maybe a couple oh, of the people boy. in here that haven't seen it. Yeah, what's horseshoes and hand grenades about? Smash. Uh, we so we're we're a comedy show. We do odd and crazy news from all over the world, and that is basically the anchor. But what really happens is me and Ashley make wiener jokes the whole time. Uh, and it's yeah, and it's a good time. We do it every Thursday night on Twitch at eight thirty p.m. and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Just search horseshoes and hand grenades. Ignore the one that has the stupid album art and download ours, which has the two <laughs> awesome animated characters. Uh, thanks to Eric Webb, Webb who helped put those together. Eric Webb is also on Twitch. He's amazing. You should follow him. Uh, but yeah, that's our show. It's hilarious. It's a good time. Everybody, everybody has a blast, and uh, we never like know what we're going to talk about. The chat's always a lot of fun. Well, our whole yeah. mission is to just distract you during the show, which admittedly works. is a low bar to clear. <laughs> so, it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so sad, but it's true. I can't laugh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna squirt yeah. yeah, Ashley is the uh, the heart and soul of the show, and the heart and soul of the show may be producing a new heart and soul uh, this week. So yeah, it's true. We'll see, if you do come to the show on Thursday, it may or may not be different. I Let's may have makeup on. I may look like this. I may be in a bathtub birthing a child. We'll see. <laughs> we all we're all convinced at this point. Ashley's just gonna wander off into the woods like a cat and just have a baby. I don't. 
I'm not okay with like people being around me, man. Like <laughs> the last couple days have been so rough, and I'm just like, when every time Jacob walks in the room, I'm like, I know he's gonna punch my head and give me a kiss, and that's really sweet. It's really sweet, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Got to convince yourself of that. Yeah, so. and you like him. There's no guarantee you'll <laughs> like doctors or nurses. <laughs> Not not after, you know, no. Nine mm. months isn't enough for me to like anybody that well. <laughs> oh, boy. Could be well, good. Oh, we all, I also do Staring at Goats. You guys should download that as well. It's a yeah, quarantine that's a, podcast. That's a new one, uh, and it's finding its legs. I'm, I'm enjoying that one as well. I watch both. Yeah, I think we're doing more switcheroos. We're going to have us a show before we know it. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you both for coming on this week. This was a ton of fun. Um, definitely you're welcome back anytime we'll find another movie you haven't seen or maybe um, we'll find something that one of you guys has seen that I haven't uh, those those do exist so <laughs> there are movies I haven't oh. seen believe it or not um, I need a list please <laughs> I can work on that um, but yeah uh, just thank you guys for being on ton of fun we'll do it again um, thank I'm, you for having us this was yeah this thank was you so last. much yeah oh, Travis you're great. the best well, you guys are the best, and um, if I don't get a chance, or if you do have the baby before Thursday, congratulations, and if not, we'll uh, we'll distract the hell out of you in the chat room. Um, oh, let's do the show early, Steve. <laughs> Sneak <laughs> it in before any tonight. of us know. Yeah, that's um, what she said. Uh but until next week, which I have no idea what movie we're watching next week or who's going to be on. So um, enjoy your movies and be excellent to each other. We call this piece the fecalator. One look at it and the target shits him or herself. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>